you know, and like my mum and other people would say to me, you know, drugs are your problem. Yeah. The problem is drugs. Yeah. But the fact is that the problem was my, like, I wasn't able to regulate my emotions. Yeah. I wasn't happy. Why wouldn't you chase after that high? Like, why not? Like, why? I, you know, I don't like being in pain. I don't like feeling like absolute shit, but that's why I think, like, why not? Like, Opening up, I don't open up to anyone, and I think you girls are probably the first ones that I've really felt um, like I could be vulnerable with. Yeah. Welcome to the Sisters That Slay podcast, featuring Mim, Fez and Beef, also known as Miriam, Talitha and Ferial. We are three sisters building our mini sister empire and bringing you on the journey. We're passionate about learning and growing from those that have been there, done that, ticked the box, won the prize and have the scar. Real people, real stories. We uncover their secrets to how they are living their best lives and push through their lows. Dream the impossible and make it your reality. One life, the critics. You've got a sisterhood that want to see you slay. Sisters That Slay podcast. Uh, I'm Talitha. I am Miriam. And hey, hey, it's your girl, Ferial. Hey, now we have a very, very exciting podcast for you guys today. And we are really thrilled to talk about something that is um, on our hearts and something that we um, are passionate about and advocates for, and that's mental health, but also um, addiction and substance abuse in terms of that. And we've got a professional with us today. Yep. So everyone, yep. welcome Vicky. Yeah. Hi. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on today. Thank you, Vicky. And can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, well, I'm a uh, counsellor. Yeah. Um, and I'm also a hypnotherapist as yep. well. So uh, I actually have trained under Marissa Peer. Mm -hmm. uh, the UK is uh, one of the top Britain therapists there. And uh, I do rapid transformational therapy. So I use hypnosis as part of that. I've got a quite a, a large range in my toolbox to use uh, in therapy. So I use counselling and hypnotherapy and rapid transformational therapy all together because that works really well with people. Yep, awesome. And so just before we get into the nitty gritty, we just wanted to say it's a bit of a trigger warning. So we're going to talk about some things today that might be a trigger for some people and this is certainly not suitable for children. Um, but if you do, I would really encourage everyone to seek um, help from medical professionals and your local crisis centre. It's really, really important um, and we just want to open up the discussion about it. And so, Vicky, when we're talking about when you do counselling, what are the types of people that you see and counsel for? I see a lot of uh, people in addiction. Yeah. I see people with a lot of anxiety and depression mm -hmm. um, and trauma. So they're the main uh, group of people that I see. And most of those people have come from trauma background anyway. Yeah. And so then uh, everything, the, the issues that happen in their lives come out of that. Yeah. Um, and so I'm able to help with uh, facilitating the change that they need in, in their lives and to be able to just move forward from either their addiction, um, their ailments or uh, whatever else that's holding them back, yeah. you know, whether that's that anxiety and depression. Yeah. And the reason why we're going to do this today is we're really going to open up the topic of addiction because it's so prevalent in society this day and age where you can get anything you want at the touch of a button. You can go down the street, 
someone's already got it, someone's on it, someone's doing it. It's, it's, it's almost like it's a phenomenon, but they're not in the greatest way possible. And I, I was going to do this at the end, but I think it's a, it's a great way to get started because I want to talk about the stigma and the fighting the taboo around addiction. And we, uh, this is probably a good time to start and introduce uh, Gannon. Hi, Gannon. Say hi to everyone in in the podcast world. Hello, everyone in podcast world. (laughs) Hi. And um, Gannon is a a very, very dear friend of us and the show and has been for a number of years. And he's come on board um, to talk about his story. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But I just thought it would be great to find out. And if you girls have come across anything, but I know we're talking about the stigma of it. And Vicky, you'll probably hear this from a couple of patients and everyone saying, why don't you just stop? Yes, all the time, yeah. all the time. They think it's just such an easy fix to, yes. to just stop something yeah. and just move forward with their lives. And, I mean, just I be stopped like the rest binging Netflix for a while over the weekend. So, yeah, <laughs> it's easy. Well, well no, I'm being the devil's advocate. I am it's not. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's right. not easy. <laughs> no, that's okay. But uh, people do have that uh, mentality. Yeah. And the, they stick the stigma on top of, of the person uh, who is already addicted. Yeah. And so that makes them feel worse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and then they just they just go further into their addiction because they feel bad. They yeah. feel condemned yeah. and, and ashamed of what yeah. they're doing. I think, um, and I'll just introduce um, a little bit here about the context of also why we're doing this show. Um, I reached out to Vicky. Vicky's been a fan of Sisters That Slay for quite some time. Yeah. And I reached out to her because I'm probably like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to learn how to help my friends in this situation. So I'm a pretty like... If anyone knows me personally, they know um, I don't do drugs. I don't um, participate in anything where there is drugs. And I've had a close friend that because of that, they hid that they were addicted to cocaine from me. Yeah. Um, so I then sought out, just was just discussing with Vicky because she was like telling me what she did. And I was like, um, I started asking her questions like, "How I really want to help my friend. Like, how do I help a friend when um, they do, they're hiding things from me because they know of sort of, um, my stance. So that's where Gannon actually was the person. We did a shout out for um, topics to do for the show and Gannon mm. was actually like, let's talk about this. And mm. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about something that we've all probably got that friend yeah. that um, is probably, you know, has crossed the boundaries in something um, and and I'm like, who am I to judge on what people do in their lives, basically. But it's really coming from that place of we want to really help our friends, help our family, and um, how we do that. So yeah, yeah that's sort of and how that's the show definitely comes yeah. And, and we're really big advocates on mental health as well. And like you said before, you know, dealing with oh, and struggling with anxiety and depression is often, um, you know, I've noticed that if people are addicted to something, they're struggling with um, anxiety and depression, and yeah. it's a follow-on effect. And it's not. You know, and that's when in terms of, you know, thinking about our friends and family and and you can recognise the behaviours and stuff within yourself. But, you know, what would you suggest to someone like us? Um, You know, we're not too exposed to the world of addiction. Um, I do often joke that, you know, I love Nando's. I could eat it every day. Can't eat, can't breathe without it. Um, but obviously, <laughs> it's not a joking matter, and I understand no. that. <laughs> I, I don't, you don't have a bad addiction. <laughs> oh, thank you, Miriam. But even addicts have senses of humour, so they get Yeah, I'm good, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, why is it a problem in society to be addicted to something 
that, you know, I know we were talking, uh, you know, outside the podcast and you put it into perspective in terms of why is it a problem and when is addiction, when does it become Nando's once or twice a week to Nando's can't live without it, Mm. thinking about it, breathing, eating it. Yeah, I think the the sense of not being enough these days. Yeah. um, People are always performing. They're having to perform and so when they can't, they don't feel as though they can stack up. They don't feel as though they can reach their goals. There's always someone uh, trying to put them down. We have the tall poppy syndrome happening um, all the time. And and so they fall back into something that they feel comfortable in. So that could be food. Mm-hmm. It could be alcohol. It could be drugs. It also could be porn or it could be Netflix. Yeah. Um, anything really uh, that you can't go without yeah. um, is something that you are becoming addicted to. And mm. especially when you're doing it and you're not even noticing you're doing it anymore. Yeah. You're just doing it out of habit. habit. So you've built a habit. You're now doing it on a daily basis. And those habits not only stop on a daily basis, they are often hour by hour Yeah, when someone gets really into uh, their addiction. Yeah. And um, the drugs, alcohol are a huge part of those things. Yeah. So when someone feels really bad about themselves, yeah, they will actually slip into that. And, yeah. And they will shut themselves off, as Gannon might be able to say later, um, from their friends, their families, um, and anyone from the outside world, and they will slip into that addiction even further. Yeah, so often, you know, often we don't even know about it until, not it's too late, but you start noticing those real real self-destructive behaviours, and that's often where, you know, people can be like, well, it's not my problem. It's your problem, it's not my problem. I've got enough of my problems on my own. But I know from, you know, having friends involved in that, arena it's sort of it's it's a journey and it's not necessarily going to be over in one day it's not necessarily going to stop it's something that it's you're in it together and you're their friend for a reason and it's really it's really encouraging to um, speak to some people who have come over and decided yeah this is this is a problem this is what I wake up thinking about this is what I go to sleep thinking about but not necessarily that it's what I stop going to work for. Mm. It's what I stop seeing my friends and my family. It's it's what I hide from the world. And who you are behind those closed doors, that's, you know, that's the problem in terms of, I think, you know, trying to fill that void, as you were saying before, they're sort of lonely and they want to have something there. And that's often when they choose to, well, not choose to, sorry. It's, it's often when that, it leads to that path. So. It does lead to those paths. And, and often then they don't know how to get out of them. Yeah. They've gone so deep into them. Um, even, even you know, just something simple as Netflix yeah. binge watching, you know, you do it and you do it for hours and hours and hours. The time just goes. And then uh, Netflix asks you, are you still watching? And it's like, um. They do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I just like to say that I don't know what you're talking about. I keep yeah. saying yes. No, I say not yes. At all. Not at all. <laughs> no never... judgment, Miriam, no. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. And this is probably a good time to get started into uh, Gannon and your story because I know because we've been friends for quite a while we you were living interstate so Gannon's story sort of um, was without you know you, we would touch base every now and again and we really reconnected and I think you know you're looking healthier your your sense of person is you know your your see you seem happier but I think the health factor um, and it's really encouraging to see you Gannon and it's probably a good idea. So with your, if you if you don't mind sharing your story um, and how you came about to overcoming on your journey 
to sobriety. Um, so if you want to just go ahead, all yours. Thanks, Jalitha. <laughs> um, so I guess mine started with depression and um, I was in a relationship and, you know, I, I live in Melbourne and my family are here in Adelaide. So really I didn't have a support network mm. and I didn't maintain contact with people that were my friends. And I went through a relationship breakdown and, you know, and um, when that happened, I turned to my family, but I didn't really get the support that I felt. But but then that's nothing. That's nothing against them. That's no. more the fact that I was in such a bad way that I couldn't even receive the support. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And, um, and then I lost my job at Westpac. I, I got retrenched from there. And that was like my life dream job. Um, yeah. So it was like I'd, I'd lost, my, lost my relationship, lost my job. Yeah. And just everything fell apart around me. And, um, and I really spent the year 2016 trying to rediscover the core of who I am. Um, you know, prior to that, I had fallen out with the church community. Yeah. Um, which, you know, you guys are aware of all of that stuff. And, and it's just, you know, everything to me, I started to really exacerbate everything and, and see it as this whole, the world's against me. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I really. Were you angry at all? Were, they, were you angry or just sort of thinking that everyone. You know, I, I was angry. I was angry at the world. I was yeah. angry at God. I was angry at um, myself, you yeah, know. Yeah. I was angry at my ex-partner. I, I started really deflecting everything and putting all the issues on other people. And I really was not able to regulate my emotions yeah. um, at that time. And, and I really just started to fall apart. I started clubbing, um, uh, hanging out with the wrong people. I changed my friendship circle. The yeah. people that I was with in Melbourne that were of great support to me, um, yeah. you know, they, they just didn't understand me. Yeah. I felt, yeah. you know, but really they probably did. It's just that it wasn't, I wasn't able to really accept the help. Yeah. Um, which now looking back in hindsight, I can, I see it yeah. But back then there's, yeah. there was no way of me seeing it. Yeah. And I hung out with these people clubbing and, um, you know, I was around them for four months before I, um, indulged in drugs. And it was just the fact that I would go out with them every, every week and became normal. Yeah. And, yeah. and they would be happy and yeah. I'd be going out and I'm, I'm so miserable. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? What are you guys, you know? And, and I turned to it because yeah. I thought, well, I'm sick and tired of feeling like this, you know? And, you know, and I did it and I turned to drugs for the first time at 28. The 28, age. yeah. Mm. So what did you first try? Ice. Ice. Yeah. So straight off the bat, mm. first ice. Have you smoked weed before no. or anything like that? Okay. So that's, yeah, obviously. And then when did it start becoming every, every now and again at the clubs? To an a full blown addiction. Well, I used I used ice that night, so that yeah. was October sixteen. Yeah. And I rang my mum the next day. I was like, "This is what I've done." Yeah. And because I really had this mindset where I needed to be honest. Yeah. Because otherwise, I was, you know, drugs are always a trouble thing yeah. in the world, and yeah, I know of that. But suddenly, I found relief. Yeah. You know, I was happy. Yeah. Um, chemically. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I um. Yeah, rang mum and told her and mum was, you know, beside herself. And so then I stopped drinking mum and then yeah. my friends found out. And I, so then I removed myself from them, like you were saying before, you know, you do start to isolate yourself. And, and I started hanging out with only people that used because those people wouldn't judge me. And, you know, and like my mum and other people would say to me, you know, drugs are your problem. Yeah. The problem is drugs. Yeah. But the fact is that the problem was my... Like I wasn't able to regulate my emotions. Yeah. I wasn't happy. Yeah. Before I even touched drugs, I'd fallen into this major depression. Yeah. And I couldn't find a way out. You know, for the yeah. first time in my life, I was stuck. Yeah. And so 
we've got a lot. I know a lot of people would know people in this situation. You're mm. just on the cusp of living a, a life that's not necessarily healthy. And, and Vicky, what would you say to someone like Gannon, you know, two years ago at this point in his life, if he came to see you? Yeah. Um, if he's, you know, if, if you're that lucky to go yeah, see yeah, Vicky. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's a big step for them. Yeah. To, to even. Um, uh, even make a phone call yeah, to get help, it's huge. to reach out for help. And that's what you were saying before too. Mm. You really were you tell, telling your mum mm. that you actually were reaching out for help. That's what those signs yeah. are. Mm. But um, I didn't realise that's no, what I was no, doing. No. You know? no, you don't. People just do it automatically. Yeah. Yeah. But you also found too from doing that you didn't or, uh, feel safe automatically, safe, and then you start shutting yourself off mm. because you felt judged by it. Yeah. yeah, and because they're saying that's, and that's it's not a even, bad thing. It's not even necessarily that they were judging me. I think when you're in no, a when you're right. in a state of guilt and shame, mm. you're gonna feel judged. Yeah, mm. yeah, because you're judging yourself yeah. if yeah. anything. So if you had come to me, it would be about dealing with feelings and emotions. Mm. Yeah, that's the first thing that um, uh, that I deal with. But also um, to be honest with yourself. Yeah, um, and willing to go on the journey. Um, and and move forward with it. And I say to everyone, look, I'm not everybody's therapist, but if I'm the right therapist for you, then let's go on the journey. Yeah. And when you're honest with your client, then they're honest with you. And they don't feel as though they need to put up all those barriers, but slowly but and surely they will start dropping those barriers yeah. and start moving forward into that positive change that they need. Um, and dealing with those emotions that they've never been able to deal with before mm. because suppressed emotions and repressed emotions turn into anger um, and then into rage and yeah. and then you're outraged. Yeah. And so what do you do? You go off and you go off on benders. Yeah. Um, and throw caution to the wind. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to hell with everything and off you go. And trials still come. Like, you know, trials come every day. Yeah. And then when you're drug addicted, you seem to um, overanalyze it and and it really catastrophizes mm. your yeah. experience. Of and, course. you know, for me, yeah, I don't, it was just very full on when I was going through yeah. it. And, and, you know, if I could say anything to anyone going through it, um, it would be just to know that it's okay not to be okay. Yeah, of course. You know? right. I, yeah. I, I yeah. really told myself that every day. And, um, you know, I reached out to try and find supports and I did that all on my own. I um, started researching Narcotics Anonymous and attending yeah. online because I was too um, ashamed to go in person. Yeah. Um, and I rang a drug rehabilitation centre and booked myself in on a wait list and, yeah. and I went to that and I just did everything I could because... So how did you come to that decision? Because like Vicky said, it's, the, it's a choice. Mm. You have to, like, you, you have to come to the appointment. You have to text. You have to phone call. Yeah. What made you, if you don't mind sharing, because what made you get to that decision where it's enough's enough, I need to get help? I knew I was in trouble. Yeah. I think I think many people know. Because I know, like, obviously the physical signs, you got really skinny. Really skinny, really um, gaunt. Yeah. My skin was grey. Yeah. 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 But I thought I was sexy. Yeah, I remember honestly. you posting it on Facebook. I thought I was stunning. And I would literally post and be like, oh, my God, best I've ever looked. Yeah. But really, you know, that that actually um, piqued a lot of attention yeah. from family, friends. And yeah. my mum was ringing me saying, you know, this this person has called me or this person is, and they're really worried about you. And, 
And mum was the only one that knew that I was on drugs, but yeah, other people were assuming it. Because you ran heaps. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he's running. <laughs> well, I did that before drugs. Oh, before. Okay, yeah. sorry. <laughs> and so then. It, it just tied in with it your sort of went, weight loss. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so with your life in terms of, you know, we all hear about you've got to hit rock bottom before you pick yourself up mm. again, which I have a love-hate relationship with that saying. I don't necessarily believe that because I think that. At any stage, you can pick yourself up. Mm. You know, you know, if you cracked your phone screen, you just don't keep smashing it, smashing it, smashing it. You, you can't try and get it fixed. Well, it's about yeah. a conscious awareness. Yes, mm. and yeah. being aware of yourself, or being aware of the the issues that you are having uh, with your own life. Isn't yeah. that right? In my experience, uh, you know, for me, I was aware I was in a hole. Yeah, it was no one else's responsibility to get me out of it. Yeah, and that's how I really was looking at everything. Yeah. you know. I needed to build my own ladder yeah. to get out. Yeah. And and that that wasn't easy, you know. And I I learned through Narcotics Anonymous, like take one day at a time. And no matter what I did, the struggles that I would face or, you know, to be honest, I've been I've been clean one year, two months. Yeah. And, yeah. and I Congratulations, think Congratulations, Gannon. Thank you. And I think back to when I started, right? Did the did that Gannon see me where I am right now. Yeah. No way. No way. No way. Yeah. Like, you know, it Did you is, think you could get clean at the time? Oh, uh, I cried to my mum about that. Like I, I didn't I didn't think I could. No. Yeah. But I, I hit a moment and I and I thought I need to do something. And I really tried so hard and I just said no. Was it the hardest thing you've ever done in your life? Um yeah. yeah. Second hardest. Second Ooh. hardest. Yeah. What what else? Probably the first hardest was losing Tom. Yeah. Oh yeah. So um Gannon has had um, an ex-partner who's um, unfortunately committed suicide mm. um, and it's obviously had a profound effect on you, yeah. Gannon, and um, that's this is obviously where the trigger comes in and says that if you have your thoughts or feelings on suicide, mm. you know, please seek help. Yes. Um, the first step is to do that because it's so final and um, it's just devastating when we've got people that love you and support you no matter mm. what, mm. there's no judgment. And I know, Vicky, when we were chatting as well, it's about trust and having that relationship. That's right, building trust and relationships so yeah. the person can let the guard down and can actually speak to uh, a therapist, yeah. someone like me, or even a friend yeah. um, who they need to share some really deep things with that they've never been able to share with before. And so for someone like Gannon, it was, it's really being able to do, do that sort of thing, building the trust with a person you know, like you ladies are, are friends yeah. uh, with Gannon and, you know, having that trust built between you all and not judging him as well has been a, a really foundational relationship for him. Yeah. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. That's been a huge part of my opening up. I don't open up to anyone and I think you girls are probably the first ones that I've really felt um, like I could be vulnerable with. Yeah. Well, I just think for us as well, for me personally as well, like it, it can happen to anyone. Like yeah. I can, I know, and I often joke about that I've got an addictive personality, hence why I n I've never tried hard drugs, mum and dad. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> I know mum's listening. Yeah. No, 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 there's no, there's no, you know, it's it's just so prevalent in the world. These two have been quiet. Yeah, they are, they are. But no, I know that. I have never tried hard yeah. drugs either. <laughs> but I think I well know within, yeah, I know within myself that why... Why wouldn't you chase after that high? Like, why mm. not? Like, why? I, you know, I don't like being in pain. I don't like feeling like mm. absolute shit. Yeah. But that's why I think, like, why not? Like, the problem for me with it, like, you know, now being where I am now, looking back, I, I 
would do anything for drugs, you know? Like, yeah. I, it was that fact that I wanted to feel that high. I wanted to feel happy. I didn't want to think about the, the oh, crap course. that was going on yeah, in my it life. Make, it, to me, it makes total sense. But I 100%. spent so much money on it that I was broke, that yeah. I couldn't pay my rent, that I ended up homeless, that I would sleep with people yeah. just to get free drugs. Yeah. You know, my ex-partner was drug dealing, so I started dating him yeah, just, just because of to get more drugs. Yeah. And, and, you know, and then I fell in love with him, but then he was my you know, my quiet abuser, yeah, 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 you know, so behind closed doors, yeah, yeah, he was dealing drugs and doing all the things that I needed at the time, but it was also my worst detriment, Yeah, you know, and, mm -hmm. but you don't see that at the time because you're so desperate for the drugs. You're so desperate for the connection. You're so, so deep into the addiction. You yeah. really have lost control of everything. Yeah. yeah. So I have a question for Vicky. Um, so when I was trying to help my friend through this and I felt quite powerless because I want to help people. Yeah. And then I realised for people to want to change, they have to want to change themselves. That's right. And so I gave them your card. They probably never called you. I said, you should really call this lady. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, what else can we do to support people that are going through whatever stage um, of this addiction process? What can we do to help Keep or support? talking to them. Keep yeah. being open. Keep the relationship going and the trust. Yeah. Um, keep encouraging them. And, uh, yeah. and eventually um, they will be motivated to make changes. Yeah. They may be very small changes and to us they don't look like very much. Yeah. yeah. But for them they can be really huge steps. It's true. Yeah. In um in the recovery yeah. from addiction. Yeah. yeah. And what about say like um if they're wanting money and we know they're spending it on drugs, is that like a clear clack? No, like what sort of happens in those situations where we might be potentially enabling mm. um, those situations? It's really difficult to say which way to go there in that situation. Um, all I can say with that really is just use your intuition. Yeah. Um, and look, if someone needs... Uh, food if they need money you know at the same token who are we to judge what yeah. they ended yeah, on yeah I, I do have experience on this one yeah. um where my ex-partner's parents would buy us food and they would deliver it to our house in shopping bags so mm. we never got money it was always just food and they would yeah. do that each week yeah. um and then when i was homeless and i was trying to get myself stable again um i'd asked my mum and stepdad to help pay um bond and rent and instead of paying it to me, um, they paid it directly to the real estate yeah. or, you know, yeah. and that was there. So it's good, you know, you can still put in um, strategies to help the person if it is finances that they need help with. But you just, you know, for me, I wouldn't trust myself with it at that yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. So, so Gannon, would you say to someone to never give money to someone who's I'd asking you for money? Um, I, I probably wouldn't. But I think. But I would find yeah. a way yeah, like to find be able. Out what it's yeah. for? What yeah. it's for? Well, I've and been on the on the streets in Melbourne, and I've um, spoken to uh, addicts on the street. I've gone around with a group of people. Mm. They've asked for money, and they've asked for uh, food as well. Yeah. And you know, at the time, it is um, a, a case by case scenario. Mm. So a lot of those people are they they are begging. Yeah. for money, they're begging for food. Yeah. And it's very difficult to say, you know what, no, I'm not going to give you any yeah. money because... Yeah, judgmental. I, and that, and yeah. that is. And so it is about letting them decide for themselves what yeah. is best for themselves. Yeah, that's true. We're yeah. not trying to, we're not enabling them, but we're just giving them that freedom to make a choice that someone someday is going to give them 
example, some cash, and they decide, wow, they've entrusted me with some money. Yeah. Maybe I will go and get some help. Yeah. Maybe I will make a different choice today. I be, yeah, I think it does change. I think it is different depending on who and... Yeah, and I think also if you're resourceful, like I know, you know, of someone who used to return groceries and they used to get cash for it. So if you're resourceful, there's nothing you can say or do. And you just, I know. So, you know, when we're wrapping up and we really want to do a series on this because I think it's really important to open up that topic of conversation Uh and, you know, Vicky, um, we'll have your details if anyone wants to reach out. Um, But also I know that I've got some friends who have been battling some pretty severe addictions for, you know, 15, 15, 16 years. And, you know, what I would say to them right now, if they're listening or if you've got friends, if you're the person on the other side is we would love to, you know, it's always about that relationship and I'd love to reconnect, but not necessarily reconnect, but see, see, just meet you where you're at and help where you're at. And often that can be quite a daunting experience because I know she wouldn't want or he or she wouldn't want me seeing them like that. But, you know, and then knowing that there's no judgment, there's no, there's no stigma, there's nothing. It's just want to, you know, meet up, chat, and wherever you are in your life, I would say that, you know, we'd love to, you know, support you and help you. And that takes a lot of courage on both sides. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And so someone who, like, Gan- uh, Gannon is um, courageous enough to even come yeah. in today yeah. to mm. come and speak about his journey, and even mm. though that's only just part of his journey, um, that takes a lot of bravery. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we acknowledge people like Gannon who say, hey, it, I'm here, this is what's happened to me, but this is how I've gotten through my addiction as well Yeah. because of support of beautiful people like yourselves as as who have been friends for oh, a very long time. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. the least we can do. So how can we find you, Vicky? What can we do? Well, you can find me on Facebook. Um, What's on, your page called? Yeah, it's called Creating Positive Change Great. Therapy. So you can look me up on there. I have my reviews on there from clients um, and uh, I see people from all walks of life. Yeah. And um, I don't uh, judge anyone at yeah. all. Um, yeah. They just come in uh, or they, they make a phone call first mainly. Yeah. And just to see if we see if we fit. Lovely. And if you want to talk to Gannon, how can we? How can we? You've find got your you YouTube Gannon? YouTube one, Gannon's Way. Or no? Gannon's sing way. us no. your sing us your favorite song as we as we finish up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. Born to try. Yeah. yeah. So um, you, Gannon Way yeah. on Facebook. But yeah. what about yeah. that singing one? And Instagram, you got Instagram too, don't you? YouTube. Yeah, the YouTube one. Gannon's Way. Yeah. So beautiful. if anyone wants to see what I looked like when I was mid-drug addiction, <laughs> um, go to my YouTube channel, <laughs> Gannon's Way. We, we're not laughing. We're and not, watch. I and know. watch. Yeah, um, it's, just, it's your laugh or your cry. Yeah. We're laughing. And watch Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. Yeah. That one's a very good example. Lovely. All right. So thank you, Vicky, and thank, thank you, you, Gannon. And yeah, we're sending this out to love if there is anyone that's struggling feel free to reach out, out to any one of us sisters uh-huh. to vicky or to gannon because yeah. yeah we want to really help this and and yeah we just send out love to all of our listeners yeah. thanks yeah. sisters that's yeah. right yeah. Thanks, what was that? I don't know if that's love. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We are getting awesome feedback from our viewers and listeners and we want to hear from you. What was your key takeaway, your lessons learned, something you can relate to or your aha moment and share it on our Facebook and Instagram. You can also visit our sisters.slay.com.au website 
to see what we've been up to. This podcast has been brought to you by Miriam's business, Fab Tax Accountants. We make your life easier, keep your books clean, and accounting and tax can even be fun so you can love your numbers.